0: All right, we're just getting started this morning, Fritz Berger and Blood, Blood, and Faith.com. It's all about blood, it's all about faith, blood and faith. I love blood and faith. We'll get started in a couple of minutes. It's 9.57 a.m., Rocky Mountain Time, coming live from the state of Colorado. I heard it's a purple state. Where I'm at, it's as white as snow. We got about four inches yesterday. It's absolutely gorgeous out there. Crystal clear air. Mountains are covered with beautiful snow. And uh it's a little crunchy out there. A little crunchy. Uh so get out there and get on your snowshoes, your cross-country school, your, your cross-country skis, and enjoy it. If not, sit back, make yourself a cup of coffee, join me here at bloodandfaith.com, and we're going to get started in about two minutes. Yeah, it's 8 9 fifty eight 9 58 Anybody out there, you want to give me a sound check, sound check, sound check at bloodandfaith.com? I'm going to be doing more of these. I'm going to be doing this live on Rumble, live here at Podbean. We're global, baby. We're global. England, Sweden, Germany, Thailand, Australia, Canada. Oh, yeah, we're all over the world. People are here. People are listening. And it's good to know. It's good to know. Got any sound checks out there in the internet world? I think we're doing okay. And we will pick this up very soon now. Very soon. 10 59 a.m. And we'll get started right at uh right at 10 a.m. Welcome, Leif. Glad to see he's responded. I'm gonna get this going. And uh, we have a, a small mammal in the room with us, mewing and meowing and scratching, and that's fine too. Fritz dot bloodandfaith.com, happy Sunday morning. We're going to talk about globalism and nationalism, ethno nationalism. Oh, you can't talk about that. You can't talk. Oh, oh baby, if you want to not talk about something, this is not the place to come. I'll tell you that right back right now. This is not the place to come if you want standard pablum that you get from the world, that you get from the New York Times, that you get from most pulpits. Honestly, most pulpits in the world, you won't get the standard pablum. Heard I heard talk of a person that went to church last weekend, and this person said it was, a whole, it was an hour on, on racism. I said, well, I'm going to speak on racism this morning. How about that? I'm going to talk about racism this morning from the opposite direction. The opposite direction. Fritz Berger and bloodandfaith.com. This is live. Let's see what we got here. And we will do this. Uh, <laughs> we will do this. Yeah. Okay. So Genesis chapter 10. Genesis chapter 10. You know, it's, um, you know, if the church would wake up, I mean, it's, it's so exciting. It, you know, I feel like uh, the Marine General in the Korean War where they're surrounded by 10 million Chinese. And the Marine General says, we got them right where we want them. We can attack in any direction. And how much more for the Christian church? How much more for the Christian church? We can literally attack in any direction. We don't have to figure out how to do the approach. We can literally attack in any direction. If we would open up our eyes to the Holy Scriptures and see what the Holy Scripture says, and and if you're a Christian and you think you're like in 98% agreement with the world and it's just they're just off by 2% if you could only get them that last 2%, no, we're in 100% disagreement with the world. Everything they say is a lie. Because their father is the devil and he's the father of lies. He steals, he kills, and he destroys. Holy Scriptures are the most radical set of readings you can ever read. The Holy Scriptures are the most radical writings that you can ever read. And I, I look at all these pink haired boys and blue haired girls. And I saw a green hair the other day. I was like, look, you want to be different. Read the radical writings of Moses, read the radical rising writings of Jeremiah, read the radical rising writings of Paul and the sayings of Jesus Christ. And what John, the beloved said, I mean, you talk about radical. And, and for me, when I say radical, I'm, I'm talking about getting to the heart of the matter. The radical of 25 is what? It's 5. The radical of 144 is what? It's 12. I want to get to the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is the Holy Scriptures. Do you know that Jesus Christ is called the Holy Scriptures? He's called the Word of God. I don't know. My thumbs are slow and rusty this morning. I should get some oil out on them. Revelation chapter 19, verse 13 Jesus Christ is clothed with the robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Jesus Christ is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. How do you like that, peace nicks? He's clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The na- his name is called the Word of God. His name is called the Word of God. What does John the Beloved say? John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And all things came into being through him. Nothing came into being that has come into being, came into a being except through the Word of God, which is Jesus Christ. His name is literally called the Word of God, and this Bible is the Word of God. It is the most radical set of writings you could ever read. I, it ain't your purple hair, baby. That ain't it. It's not your alternate lifestyle. You want to be radical, get into the Word, and turn literally everything on its head. problem with the church, problem with the evangelical, charismatic, Pentecostal, Bible-believing... Fundamentalist church is they 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 think they're like ninety percent in agreement with the world, and, and when you read the world, you, you read the word of God, you say, "Oh my God, this everything you everything you're saying, everything I see in this word is hundred percent opposite to what the Holy Scripture says." It, but it's there. You want to be a rebel? Read the Bible. Okay, we're going to read the Bible this morning. As you know, my background academically is in history. I love history. I love the history of the world. I love who we are and where we came from and, and the patterns in the ebb and flow in history. Who are we? Who are our people? What is a nation? What is a nation? What is a nation supposed to be? I talk about Christian nations here at Blood and Faith. What is a nation? What is a nation? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Now, these are the records of the generation of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and sons of were born to them after the flood. Okay, here's the first thing. There was a great flood. Everybody's wiped off the face of the earth. Mankind starts anew from three men, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. If you're an evolutionist, well, this is a pretty radical statement. If you're an evolutionist and you believe that we all you know, came out of monkeys and, and scorpions and snakes and orangutans, this is a radical statement. A good man, a whole man, a perfect man, biologically perfect man, steps off the ark with his three sons, Shem, Am, and Japheth, and they breed and they make new nations. Oh, oh I don't know about that. We evolved. No, we didn't evolve. We didn't evolve. We've devolved. The sons of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshach, and Tyrus. The sons of Gover were Ashkenaz, Riphath, and, and Togarma. The sons of Javan, were Elisha, and Tarshish, and Kittim, and the Dodanim. From them, the coastlands of the nations were separated, 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 separated into their lands. Everyone, according to his language, according to their families, into their nations, we're going to find out in chapter 11 how that happens. How do they get separated into their families, their nations, their lands, and their languages? This stuff is radical in the sense it gets to the root of the problem. It's radical in a sense it gets to the root of the problem. We're talking about nation, nation, nationalism and globalism and how ethno-nationalism is the natural antibody to global tyranny. And this is not something that started in, in 1972 with the abolition of the gold standard. It did not start with the founding of the United Nations or the League of Nations or, the, or whatever, or the WEF but that's in chapter 11. And we'll get to chapter 11 this morning too. Ashkenaz. Well, that's an interesting name, isn't it? Huh. Ashkenaz. You ever heard of Ashkenazic Jews? Well, that's where the name Ashkenaz come from. European peoples, a European peoples, a European peoples who convert to the Talmud. Hello. The sons of Ham, here's the other another son from him came Cush and Mizraim and Put and Canaan. Okay, Cush is like Ethiopia. Mizraim is Egypt. Put is like, I don't know, Libya. Canaan is the land of Canaan. Now the Canaanites were an evil group of people. And we're going to see later on that the sons of Shem drive out the sons of Ham from the land of Canaan. So it was called the land of Canaan. The sons of Cush were Sheba and Havilah and Sabta and Ramah and Saptekah. And, to Dan, and Cush, Cush becomes the father of Nimrod, a mighty one on the earth. He's a mighty one in defiance of Jesus Christ. He claimed loyalty of mankind in place of Jesus Christ. He was a mighty one on the earth, and he built some of the, the big empires of that day. Now, if you want to know who these people turn out to be, go uh, Google up uh, the Table of Nations. I mean, there's all kinds of websites and YouTube videos and and different papers that men have written on who exactly these sons of, for example, um, Magog, uh, J- Japheth are. Who's Gomar? Who's Magog? Who's Javan, Who are these people? Hmm, who are these people? Well, generally speaking, the Europeans come from Japheth. Generally speaking. Generally speaking, the Africans come from Ham. Generally speaking. The Hamitic peoples also settled all throughout the Middle East. Babylon, Cush, was a son of Ham. The beginning of Cush's kingdom, who was from Ham, was Babel and Iraq and Akkad and Kalna in the land of Shinar. From that land he went forth into Assyria and built Nineveh and Rehoboth. And Kal- so the sons of Cush are all, were all throughout the Middle East as well. Mizraim becomes the father of so-and-so and also of the Philistines, the Philistines, the Palestinians, the Philistines, the Palestinians. All of history goes back to this. We didn't, we didn't emerge out of gorillas and orangutans. We came out of Shem, we came out of Ham, and we came out of Japheth. Three separate bloodlines, and those bloodlines are separated into other separate bloodlines. Let me go back to the beginning. These are the records of the generations of Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and sons were born to them after the flood. Moving on down, also to Shem. Well, let's finish up with Ham, verse 20, chapter 10, book of Genesis. These are the sons of Ham, according to their families, according to their languages, by their lands, by their nations. Huh? Huh? How come they're not all one? Hmm, very interesting. They're not all one. Why is that? Shouldn't they all just be one? We're all one people. No nations, no borders. Why is there such a division? Huh. Who could have arranged that? Why, was that on purpose? Was that just a big, fat accident? Shouldn't we get rid of racism? Oh, yeah, baby. This is about racism. Like I said, radical. Let's get to the root of it. Also to Shem, the father of all the children of Eber. Eber's a fascinating man. My mother's maiden name is Eber Harter. Eber Harter. Eber wasn't Jewish, but boy, there's something about that name, Eber. Eber, he's a very famous man. One wonders whether the uh, uh, the peninsula of Iberia, in fact, comes from the name of Eber. Interesting, interesting. I've mused many times here at Blood and Faith that the 12 tribes of Israel went off to Europe, and there's many biblical reasons for that, but we've done that before. We're not doing that this morning. The sons of Shem, or Elam, Asher, or Pasha, Lud, and Aram. To Eber, two sons were born. The first one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided. The earth was divided at Babel. And we're going to get to that. We're almost there. A couple more verses. We'll hit chapter 11. Chapter 10, verse 32. These are the families of the sons of Noah. According to their genealogies, By their nations, and out of these, the nations were separated on the earth after the flood. Out of these, the nations were separated on earth after the flood. They were separated on earth after the flood. Why? Why? Why were they separated? Huh. Well, that's a great question. Let's go back and look at the flood. The flood subsized. What does God tell the the people to do? Huh. Well, let's see. Where is this? Hmm. Hmm. Now I can't find it. God told mankind after the ark to spread out across the face of the earth. Spread out across the face of the earth. And go and and fill the earth. That's what he told them to do. Chapter 9. God blessed Noah and his sons. He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Fill the earth. Fill the earth. Fill the earth. Don't just stay in one's place on it. Populate on the earth abundantly and multiply in it. But what does mankind do? What does fallen mankind do? Huh. No nations, no borders. No nations, no borders. Huh. Let's not populate the earth and, and abundantly multiply in it. Let's have population control. Let's all stay in one place, no nations, no borders. Let's all live together under one common, united mankind. Chapter 11. Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. Oh, isn't that nice? We got unity here. It was the brotherhood of mankind. Oh, it's so wonderful. The whole earth used the same language and the same words. The same language and the same words. They all spoke. I don't know what they spoke. But they all spoke the same language and the same words. Ever heard that taught before? You ever heard that taught in your university class? They'll talk about the three main language groups. Huh, I wonder if those correspond to Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I don't know. I really don't have an idea. But they talk about the three main language groups, and from there, many other languages groups branch off, and they have no idea whatsoever how uh, unique, utterly unique and different language could, languages could have spontaneously emerged on earth at about the same time. No idea doesn't make any sense. They're utterly unrelated. Some write from left to right. Others write from right to left. Others write from up to down. Some are alphabetical. Others are are other kind of letters. Some are phonetic. Others are not. Chinese is not a phonetic language. Uh, Latin is a phonetic language. How does this happen? I don't know. Nobody knows. Huh. Well, let's continue on and let's find out. Again, this is radical. This is the foundation of the history of the earth. And it contrasts God's plan with pagan evil, a man's plan. Just keep in mind Cush, Nimrod, he was a mighty lord. He made himself a mighty lord, a tyrant over the nations of the earth, an evil man. Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. They came about as they journeyed east. They found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they settled there. They settled there. They said to one another, Come, let us bake bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone and tar for mortar. All right? Interesting that all these things came about as a result of the flood. The tar and the clay, the tar and the clay and the sand make bricks. All right. Instead of wood and 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 sap to build, they used the remnants of the great flood to build. Instead of things that are living like wood and sap to build Noah's ark, they used the sand to make bricks, and the tar, which is the dead detritus of the pre-flood world, to build with. Interesting, fascinating. Come, let us build ourselves a city, the tower whose top will reach into heaven. Let us make for ourselves a name, otherwise we shall be scattered over the face of the whole earth. God forbid that happened. That's only what God told them to do. God forbid that they be scattered over the face of the earth as God told them. Multiply exceedingly and fill the earth. They were told, and they didn't do it. Nimrod's influence, Nimrod's influence, evil man serving the devil. So the Lord came down. Who's the Lord? It's Jesus Christ. When you see the Lord and you see God in the Bible, it's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all things came into being through Him. It's Jesus Christ that spoke with Adam and Eve. It's e- Jesus Christ that gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. It's Jesus Christ that appeared to the prophets. It's Jesus Christ that appeared to Abraham and to and to Jacob. It's Jesus Christ. He didn't appear 2,000 years ago. He's literally the Creator. The prophets and the patriarchs were Christians. They were Christians. They worshiped Jesus Christ. Something that the modern Jews don't do. The foundational identity of a modern Jew is the rejection of Jesus Christ, by the way. So the Lord came down, he took a look at it, and the Lord said, Behold, they're one people and they have the same language. Huh? Huh, how about that? Ever hear that in your history class? They're one people with one language. And this is what they began to do. Now, there was nothing that which they could purpose that will be impossible to them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their languages. Well, I thought God was a God of unity. God's not a God of division. I thought God was a God of, you know, He wants us all to be one. Why is God coming down and and causing division and 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 and, and, and Separating peoples. Huh. Why is that? Oh, well, let's keep reading. Let's go down there and confuse their languages. So they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord God Almighty Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty Jesus Christ scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth they stopped building the city. What city was that? Babel. They're building Babel. They're building Babel. They all came together with one purpose and one mind, to build Babel. The Almighty, Jesus Christ hated that. He went down there and he enforced a racial division by changing their tongues. And he said, you get out there. And he spread over the face of the earth. Spread across the face of the earth. Therefore, its name was Babel, because the Lord... The Lord, not Satan, not the devil, the Lord confused the languages of the whole earth. And from there, the Lord God Almighty scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. Huh. I thought God wanted us to be one. Aren't we all one in Jesus? Aren't we all one in God? Huh. Well, I never heard this before. Funny how that is. You go to Genesis 3.15 and there's the seed of the woman, there's the seed of the serpent. And it's God Almighty who introduces hatred between the two, and we've created a new religion saying we're all one. We got to love each other. We're all one. We should. There should be no languages and no borders. This is not true. This is not true. Jesus Christ comes out of heaven. He says, "I didn't tell y'all to be one." And I'm gonna. I'm gonna. The the racial division, the bloodline division, he created in in Genesis chapter ten. He enforces in Genesis chapter 11. You got Shem, you got Ham, you got Japheth. Bible says, from them, all the nations of the world came forth. All of them came forth from Shem, Ham, and Japheth. In their nations, their tongues, their races, their bloodlines, and their languages. And they said, well, no, we don't want to do this. We want to all be one. God, Jesus Christ comes down and he forces them apart. Guess what he did at the same time? He gave them the provision of knowing how to build boats. Don't forget, Shem, Ham, and Japheth spent 100 years, about 100 years, some a couple years less. We can see that. Shem was apparently 102 by the time he started breeding when he got off the ark. So I don't think he was the oldest. I think Japheth was the oldest, but, you know, that's a different story. And they had the boat building technology they learned from Noah. They spent 100 years studying, getting PhDs in naval engineering. So they took that boat-building knowledge and they spread across the face of the earth after the Almighty came down and separated their language. Imagine that. Imagine you're living all together in a big house. And all of a sudden, you're divided into, say, thirds. And it's like, well, you know, I don't know. I can't understand a word that person's saying. Well, what are you going to do? You think y'all are going to get along? You think there's going to be understanding between you? No, you're going to say, you know what, we got to separate. We're going to go. We need to go build our own house. The, Swedes, the Swedish speakers will, will be over here. The Spanish speakers will be over there. The Chinese speakers will be over there. Doesn't that just make sense? You can't get along. You can't talk to each other. It's time to go build your own house for your own family. That's what the Almighty did. Oh, but that's the Old Testament. We don't believe in the Old Testament. That's, you know, the Old Testament was replaced by the New Testament. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. You ever hear of the Day of Pentecost? Oh, boy, this is so obvious. It's so obvious it hurts me. The Almighty comes down. He pours out the gift of tongues for the second time. For the second time. For the second time. For the second time, he poured it out of Babel. He forced people to speak different languages. He re-emphasizes the gift of tongues. He pours it out on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He pours out the gift of tongues, doubling down on what he did in Babel. It was the gift of God, not the curse of God. The gift of God, not the curse of God. The gift, not the curse. Acts chapter 17. Paul understood things this way. What I'm saying now is not some strange interpretation. Paul understood this. Paul's in Athens. He's speaking to the European peoples. Interesting. He's speaking to the Europeans. He's speaking to the Europeans. Never heard that in church, do you? Huh, why is that? Why are all the epistles written to European churches for the most part? There's nobody written written an epistle to a Chinese church. Anyway, he's talking to the Europeans. And here's what Paul said, that God Almighty, Jesus Christ, made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitations, that they would seek God. From one he made many. From one he made many different races, ethnicities, and gave them different languages, told them to spread out, to see which languages and ethnic groups would serve Jesus Christ. Wow, that's pretty radical. What is the great movement in the world today? What is the great movement in the world today? It's globalism. We got the WEF, we got the WHO, we got the UN, we got the EU. We have all these projects, globalized projects, to build one world government, one nation, no nations, no borders. It's uh, the the rebuilding of Babel it's the rebuilding of Babel, it's the rebuilding of Babel. who's the enemy? What's one of the big enemies in the book of Revelation? What's one of the biggest enemies in the book of Revelation? Is't it isn't it Babylon the great? Is it not Babylon the great? Of course it's Babylon the great. Well why is that? It, there's nothing's changed, nothing's new on the earth. Nothing's new on the earth. It goes right back to the beginning. evil man. Under evil leadership like Nimrod. saying we don't we we want to we want to do whatever we want to do and we're gonna build one nation. The Almighty said, No, that's not what I told you to do. Let's read some of that. Hmm, the beast from the sea. I saw beasts coming out, and the beast had blasphemous names. We've talked about beasts being kingdoms, being empires. What's the greatest blasphemy you could ever say? It's not it's to not even acknowledge that the Almighty exists. It's not even to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's like, who? Jesus? Oh yeah. Yeah, he was this dude that lived a long time. That's the greatest blasphemy there is. It's it's damning with faint praise. Oh yeah, we know there's this dude named Jesus. He walked around and he, you know, he gave out free fish. So be like Jesus and give away your stuff. It's not cursing some name. It's like the name is so insignificant. We're, we're, we're going to damn him with faint praise. That's the blasphemy. We're self existing creatures. We, we, we evolved utterly independent of a creator by time and through chance. And we invented God to explain away that which we cannot explain. That's the blasphemy. We live in this beast. We live in this world empire. We live in the new Babylon, Babylon the Great. There was given him a mouth to speak arrogant words and blasphemies, and he opened his mouth in blasphemies against God. And we think of this, and they say, oh, he's got to go curse Jesus by name. No, no, he just says, look, doesn't even exist. Heaven doesn't exist. Jesus was just a dude. We invented God to serve us. Those are the blasphemies, and that's common in this age. And what does the devil do? He deceives those who dwell on the earth. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. You've read that? 18, verse 2, Revelation 18, verse 2. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. Talks about this great empire. Revelation 19 talks about this system of global economies. All the billionaires. Wealthy, wealthy, wealthy man. Wealthy man. And it's the enemy. The new Babylon is the enemy of is the same enemy as the old Babylon. The old Babel. The Babel of Genesis chapter 11 is the same enemy as the new... What, they call it a one world empire. Globalism. The uniting of mankind under a common government. It's the same evil as the Tower of Babel. This is a foundational principle in the Holy Scriptures. Ethno nationalism is the natural antibody against global tyranny. The Almighty introduced not only ethno nationalism, in Genesis chapter 10, when he creates the different nations out of the Shem, Ham, and Japheth. But he emphasizes that in the fifth commandment of the Bible. He says, you honor your ancestors, you honor them. And if you speak speaking evil of your mother and father, you're worthy of death. This is the natural protection of mankind. It's the natural protection of individuals. And what do we have in society today? An utter bleaching of mankind, of any sense of familial unity, which is just another way of saying ethnic unity, bloodline unity. A human being is not an individual unit. We're male, we're female, we're members of families and tribes and kin and kith. It makes us whole. It makes us who we are. A man can't be a man without a woman. A woman can't be a woman without a man. A child cannot be whole without a mother and a father. A people cannot be whole without their cousins and uncles and aunts and their land and their language and their God. And what does Satan do? He bleaches mankind of the very things that make man human. He bleaches mankind of the very things that make man human. Oh no, you don't need to have your own land. You don't need your own mommy and daddy. You don't even need to be a male or a female. You don't need your own history and customs. We're going to bleach them all together. It's the extinguishment of diversity. It's not the celebration of diversity that Satan Plots and plans for? Imagine a child growing up with no mommy and no daddy and no role models, no language, no pl- no home, no home. Anybody that shows up at the door, you gotta let them in. What kind of a home is that? That's not a home. There's no security, there's no protection, there's no identity, there's no comfort, there's no cocoon, there's no nest, there's no nurturing. And you extend that with the nations. You extend that with the nations, mix them all up, throw them into a giant blender, hit the button, throw in some bleach, bleach out everything that makes them human, dump them out on a platter, put Satan on top and his people on top. Oh, yeah, this is radical. This is the opposite of everything you and I have been taught our whole lives. Our whole lives. I could get into what Jesus Christ said about this stuff. But if you can't see it now, you're not going to see it when I tell you what Jesus Christ said. It's thick. This doesn't dehumanize people. It rehumanizes people. It rehumanize. I have good friends that live up the street from me. Wonderful, wonderful souls, beautiful people, beautiful family, but they ain't me, they ain't us. Guess what? I don't. It, it, they don't live in my house, and I don't live in theirs. Extend that to nations. Why? Number one, to see which family is going to serve God. Imagine if we all lived together. We say, "Well, this is what this is going to be your religion." No. How about we separate and make different families and say, "Hey, who's going to serve Jesus Christ and who's not?" Who's going to serve Jesus Christ amongst the nations of the world? Did not Jesus Christ say, I'll judge the, literally the nations? The nations, the nations. Put the sheep on one side, the goats on the left, the nations. God's very interested in the social identity of humanity. Not just the individualism. The person bleached and washed of all that makes them whole and human and right and good and pure. What an awful place. It used to be, oh, I want to go see all the different customs and all the different cultures and their languages and their dresses and how people look. It's so wonderful. Okay, well, if you want that, then people need to have their own houses. Maybe with some fences around a yard. The Almighty likes that. All right. Nationalism is the natural defense of humanity as human beings, not as bleached out economic units that serve Satan. It protects us. It makes us whole. It elevates us. It elevates our souls of of whoever you are. Oh, yet this would, I would (laughs) wish this would ring in the pulpits again. It's our duty as Christians today to resist globalism. And they will come down on you, and they will punish you. You're just a racist. You're just anti-Semitic. All those words are not Bible words. None of them are Bible words. The rebellions all around you, if you would just take advantage of it, open up your mouth and speak. Fritz Bergen, happy Sunday morning. Blood. Blood and faith.com.